Hey, Kurt, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some coffee. Ooh, what kind? Dragonfly Coffee Roasters. It's delicious. Oh, just like the end on the show. Yeah. And if anybody wants to buy some of their coffee, they can go to dragonflycoffeeroasters.com and use GGFN10 for 10% off all products. Ooh, that's a good deal. I know, right? Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How's the weather? Good. It is uh, 83 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I have to have that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's cooling off here, which is super nice. And we're having some great socks on. Yeah. Yeah. And are you still in the 50 degree range? Yeah, we're at 51 still Fahrenheit. So it's it's not too bad. Like I see some people like the general look of a Vancouverite around this time is like shorts and a hoodie, which honestly don't seem like they should match. But I think it's just kind of like. Well, I mean, most heat escapes from your head, right? Yeah. It's not like because when you go hiking and stuff, you want to cover your head if it's cold out, right? Because we're camping. But definitely, you get people who come here from other countries or other parts of the world or whatever, and they'll be like, why do people dress like this? Because it just seems so odd that you would, like, you know, mm. wear, wear, like, two I different... I guess that's, like, similar to what we wear in winter. So it's it's interesting. It's yeah. it's kind of like, well, that seems normal to me, and I don't know if it's supposed to be normal. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Also, too, like, I, I kind of tried to tell some, like, friends of mine and stuff i'm like you know there's like some pants that you can wear that are pretty light and not too hot so you can wear those instead of shorts in the winter because it just looks a little nicer <laughs> oh yeah because you're because you're kind of like pro pants uh you know i'm pro shorts as well but i just think it like after after september wearing shorts just kind of looks a little weird mm-hmm. personally but... yeah like wear white after labor day kind of thing kind of yeah there's some guidelines yeah, there's there's some rules to be followed. I'm kidding. There's maybe not, but um, such a fashion plate. I really appreciate that about you. You have good sartorial sense. Well, it's like I was talking to another guy, and he's like, "Well, I don't really go shopping for clothes that much." I'm like, "How often do you shop for clothes?" And he's like, "Maybe like once every couple of years." And I'm like, "Oh, I like shop mm-hmm. for clothes like like three, four times a year. Like I don't go all the mm-hmm. time, but like." like yeah, mm-hmm. usually every new season, I'll just go buy a bunch of new clothes. So, but yeah, so you you're kind of into that, right? Like you like looking at color combinations and yeah, you, know, you, get, you know, wardrobe questions. You seem to know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, seen what you wear on Instagram and Facebook, so you know what's up. Pulled together. Yeah, yeah, you're pulled together. Um. But uh, yeah, we're here to talk about episode 13 of season four of Gilmore Girls, also called as Nag Hammadi is where they found the Gnostic Gospels. Gnostic? Gnostic Gospels. 
That's I, it. I, okay, so what I think the Gnostic Gobbles are... Gobbles. <laughs> um, are those the, the books of the Bible that were taken out? Maybe. I think. Let me... Let me see. Wait, or is that a... So, secret writings attributed to the followers of Jesus. So that was part of... Um, it's, it's brought up in... Um, uh, what's the Dan Brown book? <laughs> what's the one with, with uh, Tom Hanks and the... Oh, I know which one you're talking about. I forget the name of it, too. So, um, the Coptic text, so Coptic Egyptian, um, of the Gospel of Thomas from Codex II, the Nag Hammadi Library on loan from the Coptic Museum in Cairo. Oh, is this? an exhibit at the Smithsonian in 2007. So, hmm. like, I, from my understanding is, like, it's, there's, there are books about, um, that I guess kind of weren't included in the Bible, or they, they had a hard time, like, verifying their origin. And some of it is about, um, I think when, when Jesus was younger, I think. Mm, okay. Yeah, and they just didn't make it into the Bible. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they said that the gospel of Thomas has 114 sayings of Jesus. So parables and stuff. Um, huh. Interesting. And there's also, um, gospel of Mary. So <clears throat> one of the few books that's named after all. Okay. The Bible. Actually, there are quite, there are some, there are quite a few, but of course, you know, there's more books named after that. So true. Because that was the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, this episode largely focuses on the fallout from the end of the last episode with Jess coming back into town. And boy, does he just continue to cause stress for people. Yeah. As, as he often does. Which I don't think he means to, but I don't no. know if he's fully aware of how much his behavior impacts other people either. I think even... Um, Liz says that, like, eventually he's going to, like, grow out of it, which I kind of tend to agree with Liz on that. I'm like, I think he will eventually yeah. grow out of this. But it's it's like a lot of kids and teenagers around that age. I guess he's 19 or 18 or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just an age pilot, where... And his pilot didn't work out, so, you know. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I think there's, like, a point where... Well, I don't know. I think it was in the last episode where Luke asked him, like, what happened with your father? Didn't work out? <laughs> Something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. I think that's the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think my guess is that he's going to find, like, his people. Mm. And then he's probably going to um, feel more a part of things. Because my guess is he doesn't feel like he connects with anybody. Hmm. So I feel like Rory. he's just someone who needs like a slight direction in life. I think he's got things... like he needs to find his passion. Yeah, well, I mean yeah. his passion is reading, right? And yeah. and some of the authors that he enjoys. Uh, yeah, like you I don't think... see him really kind of socializing with someone. But I see. No, I, I think he just needs to like find what he wants in life because like he's got so much. He, mm -hmm. He's definitely got like intelligence and he's got motivation to do things when he wants to do them. But I think he just needs to focus that. And, like, I think when, you, when you're energy, younger, yeah. you just don't know where to focus all that. So you just sort of 
focusing on the wrong like, thing. I could see him getting really involved in a movement or cause. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, you get him pushing his car because it won't uh, mm -hmm. work. I thought it was funny. Isn't he so... sleeping in his car, too? Oh, go ahead. Well, he was sleeping in his car, but then Luke offered to let him stay in the house. He's like, I'm going to Nicole's. So. And you saw him kind of sneak in, sort of. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. We meet Liz's boyfriend. Yeah, TJ, one of the greatest characters. His name is. What <laughs> his name is actually what? Gary. Gary. So somebody got TJ out of Gary. Yep. Yeah. I like when he's like, guess what TJ stands for? And he's like, Thomas Jefferson, which is honestly probably a pretty likely assumption. And he's like, mm. what? What? Why would it be Thomas Jefferson? Makes more sense than TJ. That's for sure. Or than uh, Gary. So. Gary. Yeah. I still stand by my comments. Probably somebody in the writer's room that, that it's their relative or a friend or something. And then they realized that the T stood for a name that's already on the show. So they had to come up yeah. with something. And they're like, let's just come up with something that's like totally unrelated. Yeah. It's kind of a funny guy. So you kind of get like all of them together. Uh, you got Jess. You've got Luke. You've got Liz. You've got TJ. And Luke's like, how do we break them up? How do we get them apart? What do we? What is our strategy? And you know, it was weird because I kind of agreed with Jess a little bit, but I think he took it a little too far because mm -hmm. he goes, "Well, mm -hmm. you are intervening in people's lives when people don't want you to." And part of he me was like, him "Some truth, though." He was telling I mean, some truth because, like, it was brutal, but it was because it's true. Like TJ and Liz seemingly are in love with each other. You know, why do you have to step in and ruin that, right? Like, that's I, the fixer part. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that, you know, he, it, you know, from what Liz says later, she says something like, I screw up and he fixes it. I screw up, he fixes it. Yeah. So that's our thing. Yeah. So he's probably used to picking up the pieces. Now, we don't know much about his mom, right? I mean, we know the dad died. Well, the mom died the pretty started, early right? in their lives, too. So, so maybe he kind of became parentified. I think so. Yeah, like he took yeah. care of the sister because he's obviously older, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think Jess said there was a lot of truth in what he said. And I think that's probably why it hurt. Yeah. It's kind of like let people live their lives and, and she doesn't need fixing right now. But, yeah. you know, Luke is used to things going fine and then he's got to pick it up again, you know. But, mm. but I think he's shown this kind of behavior before where he is kind of like, I know what's best for you. Yeah. Um, and he'll come in, which which can you know get dysfunctional. Yeah, especially when it when you're not taking care of yourself. Well, I think like I think he means well, but I just think that uh -huh. like oh when, yeah, I think he means well. When they have such a great relationship, it seems like, and he's quick to like try to break it apart. I can see where it's like mm -hmm. yeah, that's problematic. Like, there's nothing wrong with TJ. I mean, yeah, he's probably not the brightest bulb in the lot, but he's a nice guy so mm -hmm. you know and it's more than just luke feeling protective of her yeah there's there's some there's a that fixing it and we've seen a little bit with lorelei we've seen it with rory we've seen it with other things that he kind of volunteers is not his help but he volunteers to fix things or he steps in and fixes things when it's not necessarily asked for well he also admits too that like he's used to that cycle of liz being with these guys and mm -hmm. like right. they take her stuff and leave. Yeah. Right. Right. But like the problem is so he's, he's already, history. he's already assuming that TJ is going to be like one of those guys and like, hasn't really given mm -hmm. TJ a shot. Right. So. 
that and that. TJ kind of tell, calls him out. Yeah, yeah. Look at TJ just being. TJ's the not afraid of him. No, mm -hmm. T TJ calls it like CC sees it. So, yeah. But no, um, I think that's kind of that stuff need kind of needed to be said that you know let them live their life. Yeah. So I mean, Jess, I know he's got some issues, but he he can be he can read people pretty well. Yeah. I mean, he can be brutal about it, but he can read people pretty well. Yeah. Um, Rory and Jess keep kind of running into each other um, throughout the the town. Uh, it kind of culminates in a huge kind of thing where Rory's like running through the town and. How did you learn how to run like that? Yeah, like he's yeah. just like he pauses for he's just impressed. He's like, how how did you run like that? Because she's just like bobbing and weaving. Yeah. Um, but then you know she kind of says like, what do you have to say? I've been waiting to figure out what you're gonna say, and I'm here's the moment. Like, what are you gonna say? And he just says, I love you, and uh, walks away, which I thought was kind of weird. I'm like, you know, yeah. you should have just walked away after dropping that, but. I don't know. Well, I think he does some stuff that's really kind of unfair and unempathic. You know, like leaving Rory without saying goodbye. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. You know, she just thought he was on the bus somewhere, right? Like, she didn't realize that he was actually going. Um, there was nothing said between them that they were breaking up or anything. And then we had the phone call a couple episodes back where she knows that it's him and he's not saying a word and she just basically tells him she's done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for him to do that again and do another drive-by kind of isn't fair, but it also is a great scene. Yeah, so I'm torn. Mm. Not healthy, but great scene. Yeah, I mean, part of me is like, I feel like this is slightly healthier than anything Dean's done, but <laughs> it's not great. Um, I, you know, Dean's gone, and we still like have a healthy dislike of him. Oh, Dean's never gone. We we were starting. Oh, really? Oh, he's been gone for the last two episodes, right? Yeah, we haven't had we, we haven't seen Dean in a while, but he's lurking. But he's he, around. Oh, yeah, okay. he's lurking somewhere. Um, yeah, and then the other thing is that uh, Lorelai is invited by Emily to this charity dinner, and she has to be Jason's pretend girlfriend, but their girlfriend and boyfriend in real life, so. Uh huh. And then he has to leave, and she's like, "Nobody was believing your couple anyway." Yeah. That that whole that thing felt a little unnecessary. Like if it just felt like it was. Well, like I a... don't get why she. I don't get where the. I mean, I know it's for a gag and stuff, but why would Emily think that they are that they're so ridiculous to be a couple? Because you know, in the last episode, we were talking about how she just like overdid the laughing about it. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if Emily kind of knows that it's possible, but she, like, can't fathom that because, you know, she's not Digger's biggest fan, especially after taking the clients to Atlantic City. Yeah. So. I mean, she just doesn't want to look at it as they could be together. It just felt like we've seen this subplot already where it's like, oh, they're, they can't be together. This is a joke. And I'm like, uh. It's, I kind feel of like a, it's a kind of worn out trope. It's yeah. wearing out thin, yeah. And it also doesn't help that Digger, Jason, or whatever you want to call him, is not the most exciting character either. So, like, if this was Luke and Lorelai, sure, I'd be a little more invested, but it's... You're going to stretch that out, though, because that's the tension. You know, whenever you, you have two characters that have that sexual tension and then they resolve it, it's like the shows usually tank. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Um, that's pretty much it for the episode. Uh, who, what was your favorite and least favorite performance? My favorite was um, Jess. Like when he said that I love you, I thought he did that really well. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. Yeah. Worst, I I didn't like Lorelai in this episode. No. It seemed very hammy, and mm. it seemed like trying too hard, maybe. Yeah. Uh, what was yours? Uh, my favorite was Luke. He had so many great singers. Like when TJ mm-hmm. goes, "Can I get you a beer?" and he goes, "You mean one of my beers?" Yeah, sure. Like it was just yeah. funny little <laughs> things like that where it's just like, right. He was really on top of it. I I, I liked right, uh, right. the actor that played Luke in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the window thing that was just a very weird, you know, fill, covering up the window and stuff. It, just, it I didn't understand what the. Well, I think they're the, trying to imply that Lorelai is strapped for cash. And yeah, yeah, it just seems like a, because Rory was worried about that previously. Yeah, yeah, Which it seems like, like a weird way to demonstrate it. Yeah, like I think they're like, why don't you just call someone to repair her? And she's like, well, Luke would get mad at me if I called someone. And it's like, I don't know. Like, okay, maybe she does have money issues, but I don't know why Rory keeps hounding her for it. Like, she knows that she's opening the inn, so she knows that it's like a time where she probably has to like be a little more conscious for money. Like, I don't know why Rory's making it this big thing. It just seems a little light on this. Yeah. Um... If you grow up in a single parent household versus you and the parent, you may have, you know, run into some hard times with money and you may grow up to be a person that is very concerned about, um, you know, how your parents doing financially because you've been there with them. Mm. So I think that's actually kind of a normal reaction to have. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Favorite. Yeah, I was going to say Luke. Least favorite. Um, they had the actress that played K- Crazy Carrie, they called her, which, I don't know, that's a little problematic. But, um, yeah, I just thought she kept playing it up a little too much, that so she's, like, really into Luke. I'm like... Wait, Wait which one? I totally don't remember that. It was, like, one of Liz's friends, the blonde one. and oh, Yeah, she... the one he made out with at Homecoming or something. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I get the feeling that Liz peaked in high school. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just that whole subplot just felt a little, eh, kind of. It eh, was like filler stuff. Yeah, but then also too, like it just felt weird that like, I don't know. They put so much emphasis on this Carrie character, and she was just not that great. So. I looked her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought that thing about Eskimos was really insensitive. That like mm. Lorelai just went on and on, and it seemed very weird. Yeah. Um, and, and I believe it is the correct term. Um, but it, it was like she just went on and on with all these stereotypes, and it was. I didn't understand what the place was in it. Yeah, I get that you're cold. Yeah. But she just like she was talking to herself for like five sentences. Mm-hmm. Um. Seemed- yeah. That, that scene just went on a little too long. Right. Um, if she doesn't know it's Lane, well, um, is Lane not visible? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. That, I know, it just seemed like she would know already that Lane's there. Like, maybe Lane sleeps with her head under the covers. Well, 
I guess, like, they probably didn't see her come in. Maybe she snuck in or something. But still, like, what's more likely? Yeah, like, I think Rory even pointed out, like, what's more likely that a kid, a robber is taking a nap or that... Oh, right, yeah, taking it right. So she kind of called it out, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, this episode was written by Amy Sherman-Palladino and directed by Chris Long. Really? Yeah. Chris Long, uh, he's directed a few episodes, um, a lot, t- a lot of TJ focused ones. So there's always that. A lot of what? A lot of TJ focused episodes. Oh, he sure does like his. Oh. He sure does like his TJ as a character. So he's around for a while then. Okay. Yeah, TJ, TJ and Liz like are. To be around. Okay. They, they're recurring characters. Yeah, I don't think it's a big spoiler know. to say. They, they they find their way around. Huh. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Favorite reference from this episode. Um, I wrote it down. Uh, you tell me yours because I have to find mine. Okay. Uh, mine was uh, when Lorelai says we have a stranger in our house, and then Rory says Robert Downey Jr. Oh that. yeah, well, I don't. Okay, so I know at this point, Robert Downey Jr. I think was in recovery. I think he. Like, yeah, I, probably. I didn't get that reference. Yeah, well, he used to be I, like. I, they, I mean, he was a pretty big sex symbol in the eighties. I think he would have been right, in recovery around this time. Ended, yeah, I think he'd been in recovery by this point. I think in the nineties is when he, um, was was really having a substance abuse yeah so like i didn't fully get that because like yeah like i think like from 96 to around 2001 he had some pretty major issues but like from 2001 onward he like i think around that time he was going on oprah and like doing interviews and stuff so i think like that would have been around the time he started to sort of change things around Mm-hmm. Well, I remember he had a quote. He was at in a, I think, drug court, and he said to the judge, um, "They asked him if he wanted to talk, and he said that he it's like he he has a, a loaded gun in his mouth and he likes the taste of metal." I remember him describing his addiction like that, and I was like, "Wow, that yeah. is that is a very, you know, from working with addicts, that's that seems like a very um, accurate quote." Yeah. Because I think his big role after he he like sort of came back was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which would have been filming around that time. Came out a year later in two thousand and five. And then he was on Ally McBeal, where he sings, and he's he's a really good singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was also in Zodiac too, which is a great movie. Which, by the way, they apparently solved that case finally. So. Oh, the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Apparently, they figured out I had, did it. I had down downer pass, but that's from God. My Wisconsin accent came through, uh, but that's from the last episode. So I didn't write one down for this. I thought Donner Pass was that's the one where they were all missing, right? Like it's a skiing group. Or am I, I think thinking? so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but I think I guess I wrote down. I thought Eskimos was the you know where I was like what? So not my favorite, but mm. you know. And everybody's got an L name, by the way. Liz, Luke, Lorelai. That's a lot of L names. 
Yeah. Well, Lame. L is the easiest letter, I guess. I don't know. Well, what I noticed, is, so I just finished a manuscript for, for um, my next book, and, and you know, I have vignettes, but obviously I have to change people's names. Mm. And the editor was like, realized, like, I had, she caught that I had put, like, mostly J names. Like, I have a thing with J names. Like, all the names start with J, and she's like, you may need to, like, change these up a little bit. That's funny. So everybody's got their favorite letter, I guess. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... Let's see. Uh, favorite quote from this episode. Um, I like Liz said to Lorelai, "Will you look like his type?" And and everybody probably watching that goes, "Uh huh, yeah, yeah, she looks like his type." You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're 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 definitely not helping the tension here, Liz. Thanks. I also like the conversation when when you know Luke is very protective of his sister, so she wants to sell her earrings, and he immediately is like telling her about you know when she had the. She sold the pots without the kiln, and she and he said like you got depressed. You were depressed for a month, and you cut all your hair. Yeah. And I thought that's a very specific, you know, thing that he remembered is that she cut her hair. Yeah. And I think that that happens when you're not feeling good, and or you've been through a breakup, or you've been through something else. You know, a lot of times people, one of the first things they do is they, they cut their hair. Hmm. Kind of like a rebirth, I guess, or something. But I guess, I yeah. Like, he, he noticed that and kind of pointed that out. And then it turns out everybody loves her earrings, which also led to Kurt being slapped by Patty, which that was kind of glossed over. Yeah. Which was kind of odd. Yeah. We didn't see it on camera, but we heard it. Yeah. Um, My favorite quote is uh, when Lorelai says, I'm going to make out in the coat room. Don't eat my chicken. And Rory says, that's going on your tombstone. That was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I had a good laugh at that. That definitely seems to summarize Lorelai pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this seems trivia for this episode. Let's see if there is any on the good old IMDb's. Um, all right. Uh, Lorelai compares Just to Rocky, uh, but in 2006, Mila Ventimiglia played Rocky's son in Rocky Balboa. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So maybe there was something to that. Maybe Sylvester... Yeah, well, I wanted, maybe they watched it. Yeah, I just want to imagine Sylvester Stallone is watching Gilmore Girls, and he's like, great, I got this. We're going to cast this guy as my son. Like, this kid's good, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a good actor. Which, I don't think we really talked about it, but that scene between um, Lorelai and Jess is a pretty good one, where she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, just get out of here. Like, she, you could tell she sees right through his BS, and, he's not, and she's not really willing to deal with it, so... And I like when Liz is in the truck and she's talking to Lorelai and she says something like, oh yeah, have you met my son, Jess? And the way that Lorelai makes a facial expression, she's trying really hard not to let her distaste for him come through. Yeah. She's like, yep, mm mm-hmm, yep. But you can feel the anger simmering underneath. Yeah. Um, All right, any mental health observations? You were talking about the codependency on the last episode. Yeah, the the whole fixing thing, which which Liz points out that she screws up and he fixes it. So uh, Luke's got some enabling tendencies. Mm. Um, But I also see that, you know, like we talked about, his mom died when he was younger, right? Um, I can't remember how old he was, but... um, And then the dad's gone, so he kind of picks up after his sister. But at some point, when is it hurting him? Yeah. And, 
you know, and was it last episode or this one where Jess, like, kind of tells them, like, leave people alone and let them have their happiness and... Mm -hmm. Was that last episode? Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, so I, I think part oh, of it no. is that... When he says, like, to leave Luke, like, to get people yeah. to... No, that was this episode. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so he kind of calls him out on it. Um, again, not in the most eloquent way, but he kind of says some stuff to Luke that hits home. Yeah. Um, that Luke has had a, you know, a lifetime of kind of picking up after people when they're mm -hmm. not asking for it. Yeah. So you wonder how much of his life has been spent kind of monitoring what his sister does and taking care of her. Yeah. Well, you get the impression, too, that, like, Luke probably is, yeah, very quick to, like, come to their defense. Like, for anybody, both Jess and Liz and other people. And for the most part, you know, like, Lorelai is largely pretty respectful of him and whatnot. But, like, you get the impression that, like, yeah, Liz is probably not that respectful towards Luke. And Jess definitely isn't. And, like, yeah. Right. I think that scene in the last episode where he's just, like, yeah, families are, like, a a stain that keeps like spilling itself or something like that or like mm -hmm. you can tell that was him just being exhausted from having to deal with all of that and again that's a choice yeah so that's the other part of it is that that i think jess is pointing out to him like you're choosing to i don't know if he uses these words but but he said basically you're choosing to get involved in this this is not happening in a vacuum yeah but i i get the impression too that luke would also be very happy with how things turned out too you know what i mean like if things work out well he would definitely be very happy like i think there's been moments oh. where like things have kind of worked out his way where like you can tell he's very happy and like his mm -hmm. whole mood changes so well i think that's part of his kind of thing is that he's the curmudgeonly guy yeah so he always seemed like a tad depressed to me too yeah maybe I mean, depression can take so many different shapes and forms. Grief. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he I think he's is very introverted, I would probably say. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think he also has people in his life that he really cares about, like like Lorelai is probably one of the biggest. Oh, I think he's during. extremely loyal. Yeah. I think when he's when he's with somebody, that's it. Like yeah. if he has your back, it's a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, but my guess is you know, like with, with Rachel and um What's her face? Uh, yeah, he gets burned. Yeah, like he he gives a hundred percent. Yeah, and that's another thing where he gives so much of himself that it hurts him. Yeah. So. So I think I maybe I'm wondering if maybe that exterior kind of covers up a a really sensitive person that really cares about people, so he has to put on the exterior instead. Mm. Yeah. One thing I also really liked about this episode too is like we've spent probably around like half of this season with Rory trying to, I guess, reconcile how she feels about Jess and like coming to terms with that. I did like that, that for all of that, like Jess still came in and just said like, I love you. And, you know, mm -hmm. goes to show like you can try to justify, you can try to make of things the way you wanted to. But at the end of the day, like you can say, this is how things went. This is how things are going. This is my interpretation of events or whatever. But like, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, that other person still has feelings or has their own way of how they view that relationship. So it was just mm -hmm. kind of interesting that like to see just 
or just kind of undo a lot of what Rory's been doing, but not necessarily in a negative way. But like she's been trying to justify like why did he leave? Why did he do all that? And you know, despite leaving her, he still loves her. So uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting I too. Was, and I think it's interesting we've never seen Rory talk about him. No. To anyone. I think she largely is dismissive. Like in this season, like people be like, "What about Justin?" She's she's like, "Eh." Like I think she's trying her best to just move right. on, but. Again, it's kind of hard to move on when this person still loves you. So, well, well, I wonder too. You know, the the um, and we know that he left because he wasn't going to school, and that was part of Luke's agreement with him, and you know, the car and everything. But also, you wonder if he felt like he got in too deep with Rory, and so he left. I mean, I know that the that other stuff is a big part of it too. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering if he became so vulnerable. I mean, this is a person that's been deeply hurt, right? So. Yeah. Maybe he just felt too vulnerable and he couldn't handle it. Yeah. And so distances. I'm thinking of like um, avoiding attachment. That somebody that, you know, tries to avoid relationships um, and they have a hard time um, kind of falling for that person. Like they'll mm. stop themselves from doing. Yeah. So. But um, I do, I do like that, you know, for all of them trying to avoid each other, like, there's still mm-hmm. that unresolved conflict between them that we need right. to address. So, right. And it's still not fully addressed because justice walks away. Cause again, I think he has a hard time figuring out how exactly to deal with issues like this. Right. Like he seems Plus very, who knows what happened with his dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a lot going on in his life, but like, I don't know. I feel like he still really cares for Rory and it'll be interesting to see what they, do with him as a character but uh yeah right. uh i think it's time to rate and review this one what are you thinking for a score about a seven it was pretty i think it was better in the last episode yeah for sure but not one of the best but not one of the worst okay think? i i'd go with an eight yeah yeah it's pretty I, yeah i think it was pretty good I think uh, I think we're getting a little bit more complexity with the characters, which I enjoy. Like it's not just yeah you know, simple characters. Like there's a lot going on. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the. Uh, was that the last episode that Kirk was in charge of the fire festival or whatever? That was the last one. Yeah. That was the last one. I like that that Kirk. You know, like they're still you know talking about Lulu and you know like he's trying to navigate all that. I think that's really cute. Yeah. It's interesting that like he doesn't like he's seemingly like really knows how to like care for Lulu and like treat her right. And Mm -hmm. she's seemingly the right person to be giving that kind of care and attention to because she's eating it up. Right. Not in a bad way, but you know, clearly she cares for Kirk as well. So Mm -hmm. I think they stay together for the rest of the show. They're not like some of the other couples on the show where they, they have their ups and downs. They're they're pretty solid all the way throughout. So, I mean, I was kind of wondering if Kirk met somebody that that was going to be it for him. Yeah, I kind of get the impression that he probably like, probably practiced for so long. Like, what do you say? What? How do you be the perfect boyfriend? Right? Like, but I think that he generally treats people pretty well. He does. Yeah, I think he's a little awkward sometimes, but I don't think it comes from right. a place of malice or anything. No. Mm-mm. All right. Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is the book and Talkie Brains is the podcast. And I'm over at threeandgrinners.com every day where we've got new content going up. 
And with that said, we'll see you all next time where we talk about episode 15. Bye for now. Bye.